You're listening to Addicted to Growth. Join us each week as we sit down with sales, marketing, and revenue leaders on the front lines of innovation. New insights, new playbooks, new tech, new lessons. Step forward into growth and development or backwards into safety and security. The choice is yours. Let's get into the show. So um, the name of the game is content, content creation and content distribution. So the way that I look at it is how much impact can we drive in 30 minutes? Okay. So today, some of that impact is going to be directly focused on LinkedIn, which is a platform that both of us spend you know, a lot of time on. And so uh, just a quick intro, want to welcome Phyllis to the show. Um, she currently is a software engineer finishing up her time at Flatiron School down in Texas. And she graduated from Tufts in 2019, where she studied uh, cognitive uh, behavior and uh, brain science, which... Again, whole different worlds for me. Um, but then also she worked on a lot of UI, UX projects and is currently um, looking for, you know, that next product opportunity. So welcome to the show, Phyllis. Thank you. Of course. Um, and so I'm excited today because a lot of this stuff that we're going to be talking about hits me directly in the heart, in the sales heart, in the marketing heart, and in the product and technology heart. Um, and, and some of the things that, that we kind of chatted about uh, before this, you know, segmenting notifications, pinned comments, editing personalization requests, events, the mobile and web experiences. Uh, we've got finding contact info on mobile. We've got my own first person and third person uh, personal switching that I do on my content, which I think will be will, will be funny to note on. Um, and also a couple other things you mentioned. Uh, connection but for influencers, so a connection bot of some sort, which I think could be interesting. And then pin messages and then also LinkedIn becoming the new email, which I find super interesting. So um, those are just some of the things that, you know, we chatted about offline, but I definitely would love to, you know, dive into any one of those areas because I feel like people listening definitely already have opinions about what they would want fixed or not fixed, let's say enhanced <laughs> to be nice LinkedIn. We're not hating. We're just saying, Hey, here are some ideas that uh, could help you improve your user experiences. So take it away. Absolutely. So, I mean, LinkedIn's obviously a business, right? And they want to have users engaged on the platform because the users being engaged means more users getting pulled in, but also more years users for their ad revenue, as well as their premium memberships. LinkedIn Learning, all parts of their platform, you have to be on the platform to be able to access those things and to get use out of them. So I'd say the, the first thing that I would bring up is having a notification bell for people's posts. So, you know, YouTube people are like, like, comment, subscribe, and hit that notification button. And I think that would be a really important model for LinkedIn to integrate because if I, I at this point, I have notifications turned off because there's also an issue of how the, the notifications get segmented on LinkedIn's end. 
But if I were to get notifications for only the people's content that I know I really, really want to see, I would hop on immediately. And honestly, once I'm there, you know, I'm going to get distracted. <laughs> I'm going to see other stuff. And then I'm going to continue to gauge on the platform. I'm going to respond to messages that I didn't see or notifications that I have yet to get back to. So it's a really good way to pull people in with what you already know they want instead of trying to offer some new avenue to pull someone in. You might as well take what you know they want. I love Gary Vee. If I get notified about everything he posts ever, I will take that. I will love it. And I love LinkedIn for giving me access to this incredible information instead of letting it get lost in the feed. Because there's only so much an algorithm can do, right? Like it caters to a lot of people and a lot of data. But if you can really centralize that experience for the one person, they're going to be a lot more dialed in to your platform. Yeah. I definitely love that. And and I guess also me, I have my notifications off. Um, like I just, I don't like them at all. It's, it's just too much, just too many notifications just does something to a human that I think more people should be really considering. And I mean, I've even had, uh, this is side note, but even Facebook, the fact that they started emailing people notifications was like, what y'all I'm not on the platform, but now you guys are trying to email me to get me back on the platform telling me that I have 13 notifications waiting from this morning about people that I haven't even talked to in months, but that's a side note. Uh, but, but I think it is, is a good point to, to, to bring up that if someone that you really enjoy consuming their content, like Gary in your case, like if he posts something like you want to know about it. And so um, I think that's definitely valuable, especially for sales and marketing people that jump on things. Like a lot of people forget about this, but I had a couple of different Gary V posts actually that I commented on that got like, I don't know, 200, 200 something engagements, whether it be from total likes or comments or whatever. But then you like, look at that and you're like, Oh wait, like this was because I posted a comment within 15 minutes of this post going live on someone of the magnitude of Gary V. Right. So it's like thinking about different ways that you can kind of hop in and, and leverage like your point of, Oh, well, if, if he posts something like I want to be the first to be there um, because you just like consuming that content. So um, yeah. And the, I feel like too, this, this kind of goes right into your next thought about uh, pinned comments. Could you talk to us a little bit about like what you're thinking there? Yeah, so I mean, while we're talking about comments, I think people, there's definitely a comment strategy game, right? So really, people with really big followings will respond to all the comments within like 30 minutes, which ties back into the notification bell because you want to you wanna be in there when they're responding because they might say something directly to you that you really needed to hear. But also, they like to, let me not say they, we, you know, we're all part of this. We like to put links in the comments, right? And they'll get lost. For me personally, I have, I don't have a hundred thousand followers like some other people might, but when you have a hundred thousand followers and all those people are commenting, people are responding to their comments, everything is getting lost in a giant feed. Same thing with the notification bell for finding people's content instead of letting it get lost in the feed. Similar thing, you should be able to pin the messages from your own posts that you want people to see, the link to your newsletter, the link to your podcast, the link to your new course, the book that you just released that you're talking about in your post, because it's really unfortunate it's amazing that you have such high engagement, but it'd be really unfortunate for what you wanted to get across to get lost 
in a sea of load more <laughs> and people having to click that over and over again just to find the one thing that you wanted to put out that was of such incredible value. So I got two things to add on that. One is I got DM'd uh, by a homie of mine and he was like, yo, you gonna keep your brother waiting out here? You gonna drop that link in the comments? And I was like, oh, oops. Like I forgot to put the link. So I'm putting my own cell phone blast and I've, I've done that. Um, but like being able to link, like if it's a podcast episode, for example, <laughs> most people will link out to their Spotify, to their Apple podcast, to their Google, to their Stitcher. And they'll do like separate links for like tracking purposes. Right. And <laughs> like, if you're thinking about it, it the, the whole point of putting anything anywhere is to get people to then do something. Like that's the only reason why people are posting LinkedIn. You want people to consume or get educated with what you're doing. You want them to better understand whatever it is you're putting in front of them to then interact with and engage with, to then hopefully help transform them, whether it be their mindset, a a product, you know, benefit or whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But like being able to like really think about like how you help people have better experiences It's like, yeah, I would love it if LinkedIn knew that every time I posted a podcast, here are, here's my podcast, uh, mix. You can either get the link, you can either get uh, a blog post, or you can even get an audio only like, this is another side thing that I just thought of, but I know LinkedIn on the profile, like when you're on your home feed, there's video, there's uh, text. And then I think there's another one, but there's not audio. There's no like thought. Oh, it's image. So it's image video or uh, just regular text, but there's not one for only audio. So that's just like a thought of like more, like I have to put my audiograms in like video format. So like, that's a whole other thing, right? So like if I could just post the audio snippet similar to a podcast, like that would be an interesting play. That's like my little contribution to this, like uh, LinkedIn product value that Phyllis is bringing to us today. So I will shut up now and let you go on to your next one or add any other thoughts. No, I I definitely think that's a great idea. Like you have a, a good perspective on how audio can be incorporated and back to my favorite, Gary Vee, voice is the future. He's really investing to into branding and how that incorporates with audio and voice. Alexa, Siri, I can't even remember all the names at this point because there's so many new voice devices. But you also taking into account how LinkedIn can get on that wave and be ahead of the curve, you know, not wait until everyone else has incorporated audio to decide, Oh, we're going to do audio too, but really like lead the charge. And that is a really great perspective. So what thoughts do you have on voice? So currently the only voice options, I guess, as it relates to LinkedIn, the only voice options I know are inside of the uh, messaging and that's only on mobile. Like, I can't do a voice unless, correct me if I'm wrong, I can't do voice from desktop. At least last time I checked, I couldn't. I think so. And the only other hack that I've done has been, like, sending someone a Google voice, or excuse me, like a Google Drive recording of a file and, like, doing it that way and saying, hey, like, here's something I made for you. That's the only ways that I've done it. But I'm curious to hear if there's any other way that you know of that I don't know about or also what thoughts that you have around how voice could be integrated into the product overall. Yeah, so I I don't know about how 
if there is an option on desktop, I haven't been able to find it yet at this point. I'm only aware I mean, of it. I'm in here enough and I don't see it, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm only aware of how to do it through mobile. And even then, it's everything has to be catered to the platform. Like you have to understand what people are going for on a professional networking platform because you're not going to integrate voice, you know, on LinkedIn, the same way you integrate voice, let's say on somewhere like Instagram or TikTok, especially TikTok where like sound clips are a majority of their, you know, their product. So LinkedIn is going to have to think really hard about what people want on the platform and how voice connects to that. And, you know, because it is a professional networking platform and there is a lot going on remotely, I think there is an opportunity to, we're doing a lot of typing right now. We're doing a lot of typing. We're doing Zoom meetings, but there's only so many Zoom meetings you can have. So if we can somehow incorporate having voice and I don't even see video that much, honestly, on LinkedIn. And unfortunately, I think their algorithms make it so that those type of things actually do worse on the platform. So they're really pulling people away from connecting, unfortunately, despite it being a professional connection platform, especially in a time right now where everything is remote. Yeah, so I guess like two things to add. One, I'm pretty sure like one of the interesting things about um, like the content, it's like, oh, you think that by posting a video, it might get more engagement, but actually it's definitely less engaging. And this is something that's been rising and most people listening might know this, but if you don't, text posts get the highest reach. So if you're looking to reach a lot of people from a lot of different accounts, uh, a lot of different roles, you're going to want to be doing text only posts. Like that's just what it is. Right. And so, um, with the lack of videos, uh, lack of engagement on video specifically, I find it interesting. Cause like personally, when I get a video message from somebody, I feel obligated to respond. It's just how it works. Right. So if someone sends me a video and like, I look at it. I'm like, okay, I should probably minimum. I'm going to respond <laughs> how I respond based off what you said in the video, because now most times when people make videos, it's specifically, hopefully specifically for you. So like you actually took the time to make me a video recording of something in a message to me. Mm-hmm. So you actually cared enough to like do that. So that's already step one. You are, that's already different. Most people don't do that. But then step two, like in response to that, I think it's interesting to see how much they're deprioritizing videos, but I don't think that means we should stop pushing or creating video content. Um, because there's something that happens in videos that doesn't happen anywhere else. As in there's something that happens in audio only that doesn't happen anywhere else. Right? Like I'm the type of person where if you have me on a podcast or even if I like leave from where I'm sitting, my headphones are wireless. I can still hear you, but like, because I'm not in front of the zoom screen, it's going to feel weird. Right? So I think being able to have flexibility around, um, you know, promoting videos and like differentiating your content. It's like, Hey, like, yes, videos reach is going down, but also like think about all the different ways video can be used, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm using video right now for audio and like, again, cause there's no audio function. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm still getting use out of it, but I definitely um, feel you on the deprioritization. 
Yeah, it's really unfortunate, but I think people have to decide for themselves what to do with their content and prioritize connection over, you know, getting really high impression numbers. And I, I do think that eventually LinkedIn will come around to realizing what their priorities are for the people on their platform and responding accordingly. Yeah. I mean, like, if you think about it, like, this is like hacky, but like, it is what it is. If you have a team of 15 sales reps that all combined have an average network of 5,000 people. Hey, Alexa, what's 15 times 5,000? 15 times 5 is 75. So, <laughs> no, yeah. So, yeah, 75,000. Uh, people that can reach if they post and everybody is reached. Right. Mm-hmm. So if that's happening on a consistent basis, like why would you need LinkedIn ads? If you can tag the people who you want to reach. Honestly. I, so this is, this is one of those I'm like LinkedIn. I'm just calling the product what it is. Like, can, let's be, I, this is what I see. I can tag a company that I want to see my post <laughs> And they will see it. They will get notified. That's just how the platform is set up. But please tell tell me I'm um, I'm off here. No, actually, what I think is super interesting. I love the fact that you you brought Alexa into our episode because I think that demonstrates exactly where technology is going right now. Right? Like you just you hopped over. You didn't even hop over. She hopped over to you, and she answered your question. And I think LinkedIn, especially with people as busy as they are, you know, podcasts are rising because people love hearing things instead of sitting down and reading and reading and reading. So now you're pri- you have a platform that's prioritizing reading, prioritizing people having to look at the one thing and not be able to multitask, despite so many people on your platform being built on multitasking. So having that voice integration is going to be so critical because imagine now imagine what you just did with alexa but that's you browsing linkedin so you're just like alexa open linkedin and then it'll be like opening linkedin first post gary vaynerchuk and then it just reads you the post right and then you can just keep going from there and you don't have to stop anything else you're doing to be able to also be on linkedin so then you can drive that engagement even higher because it's not taking time away from anything that anyone's doing and they continue doing the work because this is a, a a platform of working professionals while they're also engaging with your platform so you just i'm gonna go one sentence on to what you just said about this whole LinkedIn universe that has not been opened up yet. But like, you just messed me up because I'm just sitting here thinking like, oh, like if you could just like read me for an hour, everything that a decision maker from one of my target accounts has posted with their words and it was a text post, read that shit to me for an hour and I'll be like, here, take my money. Cause cool. like so now no go ahead <laughs> sorry you bring up see the thing is you bring up a good point when you provide value to people and it's exactly the thing they want and the way they need it that caters to their life experience they're gonna pay you for it linkedin is a business they want revenue instead of telling me that you're gonna charge me 60 dollars to be able to access someone's email when i can just google the email instead of sending an e- an email i'm not gonna do that but if you tell me that, hey, by the way, you can catch up on everything Gary Vee says all the time in a way that you can't do anywhere else, sure, 
there you go. I've subscribed. There's the credit card info in, in the, right in the form. <laughs> well, see, that's interesting. Cause now we're getting into like, you know, business models and, uh, pro- I mean, product development, right? Like thinking about how can someone like LinkedIn take, and this is something I laugh about. Too. Like someone told me the other day, they're like, Oh, there's a difference between like sales nav and like LinkedIn pro or something. I was like, what you mean? She was like, Oh, I'm paying like 60 bucks for this. And then like $89 of sales nav. I'm like, there's a different product. <laughs> I was like, how? Yeah. I was like, but then when, when I first started getting the, um, Oh, like you have a limit for how many p- profiles you can view it. I was like, when did this shit happen? And then I'm like, Oh, okay. This is what LinkedIn. Okay. Got it. Like, this is how they're segmenting and tiering your product, which is, you know, smart from a business perspective. But again, like if, if you're like someone like me and you that is innovative in their thinking, it's like, yeah, bro, I'm just going to tag every company I want to reach. Like, yes, it's going to be spammy or whatever, but it's like to your point about emails. If you tag a company, actually, let me back you up. If you, if someone tags you in something and it actually genuinely brings you value or something you haven't seen before, how happy are you that you got tagged in that thing? I'm very happy. And again, this is not to say go spam companies that you have as target accounts. This is for sales marketing people. Um, But like in theory, like if you wanted to get the attention of someone who worked at XYZ company, you would just tag XYZ company in a post. And eventually if you offered something good and insightful or valuable, they eventually respond, right? And it's the same thing to content creation. This is why I said at the beginning of this episode, it all comes down to content and distribution. Like, perfect example, out of this already, you know, 30 minutes, 25 minutes, maybe, it's like, there's probably already three or four different pieces that we could send directly to a product manager, we could send directly to a sales development representative, we could send directly to a VP of marketing. Like there are clips that are that specific that if we contextualized it, we could just say, Hey, uh, miss VP of marketing Smith. I just had it with chatted with Mr. VP of marketing, uh, eight Adams. And like, they had the same exact problem that your company is going to face in the next two to three months, because I saw this, this, and that, and nine times out of 10, when this, this, and that happens, X, Y, and Z follows. So, um, here's what they did to kind of get through that blazy, blazy, blah, get them to the victory. And like, that's how much all sales conversations go. Right. So, um, it, I just, it's interesting. I, I think it's, it's a very interesting time, but I digress once again. And I have, I definitely would love us to kind of switch gears a little bit and go into either events. So I know LinkedIn has been trying their like stab at events and then, or um, any other direction that you'd like to head into besides events. Yeah, so we can definitely talk about events. I just want to quickly address the fact that we were talking about if someone sends you a personalized video, you're 100% going to respond. Yep. But (laughs) part of the problem with all these things that you need to respond to is that things get 
forgotten, they get passed up on, they get overlooked. And it's not because you didn't mean to respond, it's because you lost it. So I think LinkedIn could also benefit from a form of flagging of non-responded messages. So someone says, hey, Travis, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you're like, oh, I love this. And then that's the exact time that a friend of yours calls you for an emergency, you leave the app open, and then when you go back to the app, it refreshes. So you completely forgot about the message that you just received. If LinkedIn's able to incorporate some kind of flagging system that says, hey, it's been three days since this person messaged you and it didn't seem like you responded. How would you like to go about that? If they can somehow let people prioritize maintaining engagement without getting lost in it, I think it will really benefit their system. Yeah, I'm, I'm pre-apologizing because my, my computer was like, nah, big fella, slow down. <laughs> um, but... I 100% agree that I think giving, if you remind me when somebody uh, should be like re-engaged with, I think that's a part of the other problem is that like, I just, like I have messages that even happy birthday messages that I haven't responded to. And I'm like, you are so mean. But you want to, and it's not your fault. They just get lost. Yeah. They're literally like 200 messages down. Yeah. But I think that's actually interesting. Just like thinking about the behavior right? Like my messages are essentially like the new notifications. So like, follow me for a second. Mm-hmm. And you might, do you, do you follow me at all yet or no? Yeah. Keep going. So basically, okay. So LinkedIn is turning into the email, right? Email was historically the way to, you know, do business communications and now it's LinkedIn, right? And so most products when you're 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 focused on growth and you know user engagement and you know time of use how do you get them back in giving them notifications right but mm-hmm. someone like me and you it's like well we have so many messages which is like another feature that it's all actually overtaken our notifications. Like I don't prioritize, I prioritize my messages over notifications. Like I could care less about notifications if we're being honest and I am more valued on the messages unless I know I'm posting a lot of content this week. And I'm like, that's actually where I need to be spending my time. And so they're like, Oh, Travis, you posted this week. So we're going to give you, you know, more notifications because we know that staying on top of your community is a priority for you. Right. Um, so like how the, the difference in prioritization for me, it's like, well, messaging is what matters. And so if you can help enhance that experience, whether it be through uh, editing personalization or uh, giving me other shortcuts or things that'll make it easier for me to communicate with people that matter the most, I think that's like a, a huge, at least insight or highlight for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how many times have you seen a post on LinkedIn where people are like, it's not about spamming everyone, it's about building relationships. But (laughs) if you forget to respond, and then, you know, that person might be too timid to be like, could you respond to me? Then where's that relationship going? And it's not because you didn't care about them. You you do care. But (laughs) when there's 1,257 people to care about, there's only so much that your little brain can handle. This is a huge fact. Like one of my homies, Morgan, shout out to Morgan for this piece of advice. Um, but he, you know, gave me the advice of, hey, like, here's a good way to think about it. Like if you're a sales rep managing your LinkedIn inbox, like A, is this person going to make me money? 
is this person going to be an account that matters? And are they currently either one of my clients or potential future clients? So sales rep, boom, these people automatically get prioritized in your like, uh, pool of people to respond to. Mm-hmm. Second, it's like, Oh, like do these people actually matter for the future? Can I learn from them or they appear um, or they someone that potentially, you know, I'd want to connect with, whether it be a podcast, want to learn from them again. Very simple. Then thirdly, showing love to the community. So if you're in sales or if you're in marketing and, you know, you've got people commenting, like you said, like responding back to them, showing them that you see them and that you heard their message, right? Like those are the three. And then anything outside of those, those get deprioritized. And that's for a reason. Like if you only, and this is even for me too, like if you only have enough care to send me your highlight reel about the things you've spoken on and how much a speaking opportunity together would be so mutually beneficial for both of us. (laughs) Then you go ahead and get the slide right to the back of the line, my friend. (laughs) Go ahead and slide on back there. You go ahead and sit right there and think about what you sent me. And this happens a lot. Like I get, I could probably start a whole show on roasting people for how they slide into people's LinkedIn DMs. Can we? I Can probably we? could. Cause I think I've done pretty well with obviously so much room to improve, but feedback that I've honestly gotten about my LinkedIn connection request and honestly be, me being on this, in this podcast demonstrates that like I, when I put care into how I connect with people, it benefits in a way that all the people who are trying to just be like, hi, can you pass my resume? Hi, I like this. Can you do this for me? Are trying to get, but they're really missing. So I would love to actually talk about that because it's something really important, especially because it's your first impression. You can really redirect your whole life just by one conversation that you have from the way you sent that personal personalized connection request. Wait, but can we do something like meta here for people? Because this is something that I think doesn't happen often, right? Mm-hmm. So here we go. I'm going to read your message, right? Oh, man. Put on the spot. Let's go. Read First it. One. Hi, Travis. So this was on June 7th at 1233 p.m. So oh, we got timestamps. Damn. Timestamps. It's <laughs> the middle of the day. So like, luckily for you, um, I literally, I just said this on the podcast. I was like, yeah, after 12 o'clock is like when I like start to think about talking to other humans. Like, that's just me, right? <laughs> um so you said, hi, Travis, I love your profile. What I'm building right now. In SE Bootcamp, building side projects to lead into working in product management upon graduation. What are my wildest ambitions? I'd like to transform what diversity and inclusion look like in mass media. I hope that we can connect. I'm over here like, wait, hold up. I just talked about DNI yesterday. Um, you are looking to get into product management. I don't get to talk to that many humans from product ever. Mm-hmm. Even when I was inside of companies, like they'd always be like, Travis, like we love you, but like not right now. <laughs> um, and three, like media, like you're like, Oh, I want to change what, you know, DNI looks like in the media. I was like, wait, bam, like three hit me with three pulses. <laughs> off the message right and then my first message by the way i responded in three minutes 
Three minutes. This is this is three minute response. Hi, Phyllis. Thank you for the note. And I'm so excited to see your focus on transforming what diversity and inclusion look like in the mass media. It's a huge thing that I've discussed many times with friends, colleagues, and mentors. I'd be happy to connect on a call in the coming weeks to see if there's any way I can support you in your efforts. Amazing. One month later. <laughs> on the podcast, sharing your expertise and insights in product, something that I don't know much about. Mm-hmm. I, I've been around it, right? But again, am I, am I a product expert by any means? No, it's just the thing that like has been close to me because I've been in sales roles. Right. So like I've, I love it. I can understand it. I can speak to it. Right. But is it my like superpower? Definitely not. Um, But to your point about being intentional, like these little messages have such a greater impact if you start looking at them as value deposits, right? Like how do you, and this is like to LinkedIn, you got kind of caught off in a little side story, but how do you LinkedIn as a platform help empower and optimize people to have these sorts of first encounters with each other to then create deeper, more meaningful bonds and relationships on your platform? Right. I mean, it's definitely something they're prioritizing right now because they have the feature on job experiences where they say, oh, LinkedIn helped me get this job. So they want people to know that the platform is doing something, but they also need to think about how they're helping people do that. Right. And I feel like they've done a really good job with adding features into premium that help people get in contact with recruiters and see who's viewed their profile. But what are they doing for the relationships, not only when they're found, but when they're continued? Well, so I guess this is like a a side product thing. Um, But one of the things that I'm going to start talking more about, and again, I just usually like talking about things that I have experience on and not just like theory. I have a lot of ideas. I'm sure people listening know that. Um, But one of the things that I've noticed is that my circles have been too big. Like there's no actual way that I can manage more than 150, maybe even 50. I'm just using 150 because that's closer to Dunbar's number. And that's what like people talk about. <laughs> and that's like what I've mentioned a bunch of times to people. Right. And it's like having that core five, that next close 15, having that like inner 50 and then having that 150 is like the whole tribe. Like that concept I think is should be more important to people than it actually is right now. Because if we think about how many interactions we have opportunities for in a year, right? So like, we're going to nerd out for a second. Let's just nerd out completely. (laughs) Uh, If you have, let's say 52 weeks in a year, Right. And you only have, let's say, an hour a week. So that's 52 hours a year to increase your LinkedIn circle of humans. Mm-hmm. 52 total hours. If you do it in a meaningful way, let's just say meaningful is 15 minutes. 
right? Like fi- 15 minutes and that's some sort of research. So like, that's me looking at your account, right? Mm-hmm. So going a little bit deeper than going to look at your, your website, seeing if there's insights or anything I can get from that or any of the schools that you went to, you specifically. And then also thinking about, um, you know, writing that actual thing, right? So 15 minutes, you can get four done in an hour. So 52 times four is going to be 108. So now you have 108 meaningful engagements that you can have. 208? Oh, what did I say? 108? Yeah. 208. Yeah. 52 times four is 208. That's my bad. Um, so <laughs> 208 meaningful engagements throughout the year. Mm-hmm. If you, if you do it like that, does anybody that slid into your DMs in the last 30 days, has anybody put 15 minutes of effort into that message they sent to you? The ones who do definitely stick out, 100%. There are people, you know, there's, there's some people who have, res- who have messaged me about things that I feel bad because I just don't know how to respond. You messaged the wrong person. Somebody messaged me, they're like, hey, Phyllis, like, I'm trying to get into the rotational program manager, product, yeah, product manager program at Facebook, and I heard they do this, this, and this. Like, can you help me prepare for that? And can you give me advice? And can you refer me? And I was like, I really oh, let that sit there for three days because I was like... How do I even answer this? I don't, first of all, they didn't even say what the name of the program was. They said RPM. I'm inferring from the letters that that's the right. program they're talking about. So it's like, here you are. Who are you? And now you've asked me a bunch of things that show that you don't know who I am because right. I don't work at Facebook. I, I don't have- You don't? You can't get me in there? <laughs> I don't work at Facebook. I don't have experience with Facebook's interview process. There's like, and I've literally written posts about this. If you really want to get certain types of information, engage the content that's relevant. People are like, can you give me 20 minutes of your time? Can you give me 20 minutes of your time? Can you give me? And then when you go into those 20 minutes, <clears throat> I had a, a meeting recently where someone spent most of our meeting talking. So you asked me for 20 minutes of our time, which turned into like 45, but I didn't even talk. So <laughs> what was that even about? So, but yeah, I have so much content that I've put out that I say, I that I've thought about, right? I thought about it before I put it out. I've put a lot of research into it and it could have helped you so much more than the 40 minutes. And that's like generous. A lot of people aren't going to give you 40 minutes that I spent honestly listening to you talk more than you were listening to me, even though you said it was for me. And on top of that, you've demonstrated that I can't even help you. So it's not even like, oh, like I want everyone to know everything about me. It's like, how can we both use our time super effectively? Like, I want you to get your position at Facebook, but I'm not the person who's going to bring it to you. And you should probably know that before you dive into asking me all these things that I can't provide for you. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, it's just like, know your audience. <laughs> like you, you can't really do much more about that. Right. Like, I mean, even like, Tying this back to the meaningful engagements, you know, part of this, it's like, if you don't spend time thinking about like the situation of the person on the other end, like, why should anybody respond to you? Like, when I think about that, like even some of the situations that I look at, I'm like, yeah, most people, 
max should have 150 people in their like circle, according to this Dunbar's number. Right. And so like (laughs) even getting to this 208, like that's above what we can meaningfully no, I'm being serious though. Right. It's above the threshold. Right. But like most times, and this is like a fun part about the connection to sales. Like most times, like some sales reps will give, be given a hundred to 200 companies to have in their territories of like, this is who I'm supposed to be trying to win business with. And like for the average person that like can hold information to like a regular degree, 100 to 150 is not like too bad. But when you start getting above that number, which is what most people listening, by the way, right now are currently doing with LinkedIn, like we have 4,400 connections. Who are the most important ones to me? Right? It's like, hey, LinkedIn, how can you highlight out of the 4,000 people that I'm connected with in my circle, how can you highlight who is most meaningful and valuable and who's in my like top 150, right? You could do it by engagement. So you could create some algorithmic formula that's amount of time spent with other user. That's so simple. It's not even funny. How many messages have been exchanged during a certain time frame? How many comments and engagements have been exchanged during a certain time frame? And then once you go a level deeper, it's like how many type of engagements were shared? Did you love a lot of their stuff? Did you find it insightful? Did you think it was, did you make you curious? And then even inside of the messages, it's like, did they send a video? That's like maybe five points. Did they send an audio? Well, that's two points. Did they send a text? That was two lines. Oh, that's a half a point. Cause like two line <laughs> text, like that's really easy. Right. But like you get my point, create some sort of like engagement score. So that way when people get back to the platform. You're like, Oh, I haven't engaged. It's like, this is working into the whole sales CRM side of things. Like most of your users are salespeople. So if you give them another reason to then re-engage with your platform, that's helping them do their job better. For most of them. Yeah. So if I'm a sales rep and I know that I need to get the engagement on uh, ABC account up two points, Oh, I'm going to go send 10 two line messages to people that work at the company. (laughs) That could be a thing. Like that could get someone to their number or I could send two videos to important people to then get that piece of the engagement up. And then once you get a certain, like it's all a game in my head, right? Like once you hit a certain score and move people through a certain five step process, every time it's going to spit out whatever the out, put is like to add some color to that. If you know your sales process is five steps and you know what exactly each person needs to see at each step to get them to go to the next step, because you've done it with people. If you move people through the same exact steps that are just like the others, you move through the same exact steps, you're going to spit out the same exact result, a closed one deal. Educate, 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 convert. Like that's 
the formula, content, distribution, it's all the same, right? So I'm on a little bit of a mini sales ramp, but um, I l- let's get back into a couple more of these like product updates because I feel like this is something, again, that I'm passionate about. I talk about this stuff pretty much every day and I'm, yeah, I'm just like, let's, let's finish up with a couple more of these product uh, thoughts of yours because I feel like they will be very, very juicy and LinkedIn <laughs> definitely needs to hear some of these because... Your boy's trying to get uh, the product updated. And the more times we share these sorts of conversations, the more LinkedIn will hear us. So, Yeah, absolutely. I think so tying in what we said about comments and also what we said about messages, trying to have those most important relationships in a very like visible way for yourself could be pinning, right? Like if an author pins the comments in their post that are really important, why shouldn't you be able to pin your most important relationships in your inbox so that that person's message never gets rolled down to number 200 in your inbox ever again. And you know to always maintain that relationship. It's always visible and it's always at the top of your list. So even if you do have the flagging of messages you haven't responded to, regardless of whether you responded or not responded, the most important relationships are literally on the screen, a top priority. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like a huge thing just with like segmentation. And I definitely feel like, I mean, me personally, if I could have more like of these tools on a phone, your boy would be so much more productive. Cause I'm gonna keep it real. The fact that I can't put a black emoji on desktop bugs the crap out of me. It shouldn't. But the fact that I do not have the ability to put a black emoji on my LinkedIn. You can only do it on mobile. You hit a chord with me, LinkedIn. I'm just letting y'all know. Yeah, there's definitely a disconnect between the two experiences. The way you navigate contact info, right? Like you can't find people's contact info on mobile, but you can find it on desktop. The way you navigate voice messaging, Again, mobile experience, fine. Where's the desktop experience? You also have the inability to find the events tab on desktop in a way that makes sense to users. Like it's not in a, like intuitive, but then on mobile you might. So I think there, there definitely is a disconnect between those two experiences. I actually talked to someone recently who's currently a product manager at GoPro. So it's like, I, I think his opinion of what's going on is pretty, pretty high up there. And I told him like, hey, by the way, you tried to tag this person, it didn't work. And then he's like, oh, okay, let me go back and edit. He tries to edit his comment, tag the person again. All he did was edit the comment, but the person's still not tagged. So I was like, okay, I see that there's a problem here. So I messaged him. I'm like, hey, I just want you to know that your tag still didn't go through. And then he's like, man, the Android app sucks. And that was it. That's all he said. But coming from someone like him, that's a really powerful statement. That means you're, again, if you want people to be engaged, what do they always have on them? They always have their phones on them. So it's like, if you're losing that aspect of people because your desktop versus mobile experiences are not streamlined in a way that makes sense for the user experience, it's really gonna hit you hard. Yeah, I I think that's a good point. And as you, like, as I think about, like the, how to be more productive, like when I'm on desktop, I'm much more in a responsive respond to things mode when I'm on. Well, actually, let me just, let me back up. Let me not lie. So when I'm, when I was on my desktop just earlier looking at LinkedIn, 
I guess I was doing, I was doing the same things. It just was a matter of if I was on my phone or if I was on my computer. And so if I'm like on my computer answering emails or doing those, the sort of at computer work, then like I'll go to LinkedIn and I'll check what's happening. I won't do as much scrolling though. I mean, I'll, I'll still scroll, but like specifically when I'm on the phone, it's literally like this. I'll be right here <laughs> and I'll just be like, all right, do I have anything new? Yeah. Double tap notifications. I'll see like there's some stuff from like a little while ago. Then I'll check my network and see if anybody dropped anything. No. Then I'll look at the promoted posts for companies that I'm like, oh my God, you're so wasting your LinkedIn ad spend on me and I'm not buying anything from you, but like (laughs) you're still spending money. Um, And yeah, then I'll just scroll through and kind of see what's happening. Um, and a lot of times it's on my phone. So now I'm like, wait, I'm trying to think about the differences. I kind of feel the same. I feel like I do the same thing on both platforms and it's not really too different, but I do like to respond more from my phone because I can use black emojis, which is petty, but (laughs) it is what it is. No, it's a big deal. Emojis are right. Like we're talking about trying to. Oh, sorry. I don't mean to bring this one up, but I'm going to say it. The only way for me to use my bitmojis on LinkedIn is to save bitmojis as PNGs and have a bitmoji folder that has my name and the bitmoji expression as the title of the image. So every time I comment, you see one of my bitmojis on LinkedIn, it's because I saved as many as I thought of that I would <laughs> use repeatedly. And I go to a Bitmoji folder and then go to uploading the image in the comment. So help your boy out LinkedIn and make it easier for a brother to post his Bitmojis in your comments. I don't know if that means you got to change up the, I, I don't know. Maybe you could help us. Cause I have no idea. Like just mean they have to change up the, the framework for how the comments are built? Like, what does that even mean? Well, so it, it's, it really depends. Do I make sense? Before we even go any further, do I make sense? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The okay. thing is, is that I think, I don't want to jump to conclusions about what's going on on LinkedIn's team. We're just up, we're obs- this, is a, this is a public observational mm-hmm. lab. <laughs> we are, we're observing what we experience and like we're sharing it and like hopefully LinkedIn, this can help you all with some product features or ideas or updates that like real people who are literally using uh, your product every day are telling you. So like, that's what I find fun about this, to be honest. Like I've never done um, an episode where I could speak so deeply about something I use so much. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The thing is, is that like, that's what, you know, you're designing for a user experience. You got to listen to the user. And I, I don't want to jump to the conclusions about what's happening with LinkedIn's team, but I feel like a lot of their, their roadmaps involve things that have come from, you know, within the, the employees teams themselves, you know, they're like, Oh, we should do this and we should do this. Or they'll have user samples and they'll send out surveys. But the most powerful way to get information on users is see what they're talking about when you don't even ask them. Right. When I tell you that someone, let's say Miranda, Miranda told me this about you versus you ask Miranda, Hey, Miranda, tell me about myself. Those are going to be two different experiences. And the one that holds so much more weight is the unsolicited information that Miranda gave me about you. Cause that's what people are saying about you. And that holds a weight that 
wasn't spun to cater to your ears. So when you do user research and you're like, okay, we're, we're surveying our users, here's what they said, versus everything about you on your platform is on your platform for you to access. So why aren't you going to your top influencers who are talking about, okay, stop being so stiff on LinkedIn, have higher engagement on LinkedIn, send personalization, personalized connection requests on LinkedIn. These People are influencing hundreds of thousands of your users on how to use your platform. And they're telling, literally telling you what you need to focus on next. If people are saying they don't want LinkedIn to be stiff anymore, hype up that emoji integration. Where is the emoji integration? People are trying to be a little bit more carefree and show more aspects of themselves, including video, including photo. And you're, you're missing the fact that people are talking about this right under your nose, right under your nose on your own platform about how they're giving you free information about how to improve your own platform. You don't even need to pay for that user testing. I mean, <laughs> I don't got nothing to say after that. Like, it, <laughs> That's that's a huge thing that I'm, as you're saying this out loud, like I've been a part of focus groups and research studies and I definitely, I mean, I would say I give a less biased uh, perspective than like most other people participating in just because like, I'm like, you asked me what I thought, I t- I'm going to tell you what I think. Yeah. So... Um, but like, I, I, I do also think that this is another like huge, uh, highlight area for anybody in marketing, especially startup tech sales, especially to think about what we're saying to LinkedIn in this sort of thought, right? Like if you have people that care enough about your thing, your product, your service, your solution, your platform, whatever you call yourself, talking about you without facilitating the conversation, without asking them to come and talk to you, that's where the the long tail effects really come into play. Like, somehow the things that are in their lives bubbled up to the surface to say, Hey, we both care about this platform. So let's talk about it right now. And like, you're doing something great. Like a thing that people use a lot, right? Like you would be a billion dollar company if you weren't doing some things right. And now it's like, okay, let's, let's just listen a little bit more and let's build the company with the community instead of for the community. Like, and again, I'm sure LinkedIn has user groups. I know people that have participated in their beta LinkedIn lives. I know people that have talked with their product teams and it's just in my head. How is it this hard? (laughs) I'm not like trying to be mean or anything. Like some of the things that were saying, I'm like, yo, if you like sat with a sales rep for like a day, you would get how you can make his life easier. Like you would easily get it. Like the fact that there's any sort of limitation for how many custom account lists you can make or how many leads you can add to a custom list in sales nav is like beyond me. (laughs) The fact that I can reach a limit, like there's a 30,000 request limit on LinkedIn. What? 
Is that where your AWS database maxes out? If we're Microsoft, is this where your Azure instance like flops? But like, I'm being like, I don't know. I'm just trying to talk about it, right? Like, why is there a limit? I don't know. I just know that one of the people in my network was like, yo, I got to start intentionally adding people. I was like, what you mean? He's like, yeah, I only got 30,000. I was like, whoa, <laughs> what? He's like, yeah, they, they cut you off after 30K. I was like, oh, yeah. haven't gotten that far yet, but good to know. Right. It's, it's, I'm very interested to know how they came up with the number 30K, right? Because it's, if we're going to do anything, we might as well go with the 150 for Dunbar. <laughs> but they didn't. They said, we can, you can have thousands. You can have tens of thousands. But 30,000, that's where it ends. <laughs> that's where we draw the line. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm not going to, you know, say this, but like from a bot perspective, like what could a bot do? with 30,000 people that basically what would you have? I'm going to seed your bot question here. Like what would you have a bot do if you knew 30,000 people trusted you enough to follow you and what you do? Like what would you have a bot doing with those people? Yeah, for sure. So I'm like, Hmm. (laughs) I mean, the thing is, is that you can't scale yourselves. You're one person. You'll never be able to scale your entire life, right? But when you have, let's say, 30,000 max (laughs) connections, but then even way, way, way more followers than that, 100,000, 200,000, 400,000, just keeps going up. Followers, how do you you scale yourself in a, a manner that makes sense? And I really think that having a connection bot or something along those lines for influencers you can call anyone who has a thousand plus so 500 plus is where you you enter the big leagues for linkedin so let's say a thousand plus is when you're an influencer who gets access to a bot so now instead of getting lost in all those messages you can directly reply to people the the first instance that they connect with you so it's like hi i'm travis this is my podcast this is my blog similar to facebook messenger yeah so i mean you can definitely incorporate well i i would honestly think of it so with facebook messenger like when you land on a page it asks you if you want to talk to like the people on the page but i with facebook messenger that i feel like that's more catered to people who are maybe you're shopping for something or you're trying to sign up with a business and you need yeah, help it's like what product interests you the most <laughs> yeah so it's it's not necessarily the same i personally think of it more as as like slackbot right because slackbot you join a community linkedin is a community so slackbot you're joining community the the bot welcomes you it's like hey like welcome this is how you get grounded this is how you do things and we're not using the bot to tell people how to use linkedin but we're telling using the bot to tell people about your content your information the way to like redirect them to avenues that may make you money right let's say you have a paid course let's say you have like a paid community like private private league of people that you're connected with and in order for you to send out thousands of those messages if you are have so much else on your plate you're not going to be able to do that but you still need to be able to do that so then it's like what are you hiring an intern just for yourself to send out those messages no mm. you can have a linkedin bot for influencers that say hi thank you for connecting with me you can see the following at these following links let me know if you have any questions so then at that point you've already started the conversation with someone if they have follow-ups they will if they don't want to follow up they won't and then 
once they follow up, you still also have the feature that reminds you to respond to whatever their follow-up was. So it's well, simplified. It's one long if-then statement that <laughs> if you set people up for success, it's like, well, yeah, here's the on-ramp to engaging with Phyllis. She's got a podcast. She's got a blog. She wrote a book. She's <laughs> been on a hundred podcasts. Like start there. Yeah. And then at that point, you're not messaging me about a job at Facebook because you would have gone through those links and realized that I don't work at Facebook. Facts. <laughs> I mean, that is, I feel like a, a huge thing because again, working people through like step one to step five of this like content journey and like what value and insights they need to be delivered in order to move them to whatever stage they're um, not at yet. It's all the same thing. And like, I am a hundred percent like if I wasn't convinced before, now I'm extra convinced that LinkedIn is like the new email, not like is the new email. I feel like that can be, a headline in and of itself, like LinkedIn is the new email. And like if you position LinkedIn as the new email, I think people approach what they're doing on LinkedIn a lot differently. Because mm. like if you think about that for a second, like all the me messages almost get disappeared immediately or erased. Mm-hmm. And like this is for I had stories. <laughs> letter to my 21 year old self and like all these sorts of content about me. Right. And some people do like hearing stories about others. Right. But at the end of the day, if this is a professional channel for business networking, right. And we're looking at, okay, well, how would you email someone with proper etiquette and think like, Oh, well, if I was sending a message publicly to someone, I probably would make sure I like reread it, that it was valuable, that it was insightful, that it was thought provoking, that it enhanced their previous uh, mode of thinking prior, like all of these like super helpful, engaging things. And um, eventually, like, hopefully it will start, like you'll have a conversation. Yeah. So, I mean, have to think about who they are, right? If it, you are a community for professionals, what were professionals doing before your platform got built? We were emailing each other, right? And we still are emailing each other. But that if we're moving on to the platform, why can't all of that? Again, if you're driving up engagement, which is driving up revenue for you, how can we take all the engagement you have anywhere else and bring it here? Obviously, something to keep in mind in that process is keeping it simplified, because when you add that kind of complexity, then you can get into problems where you're just adding a lot of features that don't make sense. But if you really think about your goal of being a community and being for professionals, then that can really drive a lot of the features that you have. Yeah. And I think the other interesting thing or one last thing like to throw in real quick as I'm like thinking about it is all of the like little mini features that I see them trying to like make, you know, stand out, right? Like, I'm on my phone right now and I have a side tab, which is, you know, access my premium, which I don't know why that's there because it takes me to a, oops, it's not you. It's us. Give us another try, please. <laughs> so I'm going to get me started. I'm make this up. Heck. Okay. How do you, 
Oh man, no. Oh, there we go. Oops. So I mean, again, this is just me up in the product on the phone. So that's that's the first link that's in the sidebar that pops out from the left, right? <laughs> then pages I manage, which takes me to my page, which is cool. Then I've got recent. So this this is what always I never understood this one. Recent. Recent what? <laughs> Quitty Quitty at work social room equity at work. So I guess I was in the equity hashtag. Hashtag branding. Happy hour with James and Morgan 612. Happy hour James and Morgan 65. June, the high performer happy hour. That's what I have. Those are recent. I don't know what it looks like they're all events. High quitty. No. Equity at social room is a group. So like, no, they're not even the same thing. So that's observation three. Observation four. Groups. Yeah, I don't even nope. I don't engage with any of these groups. <laughs> events. I used to so I actually used to use the events habitually when James and Morgan would put their happy hour links there. Cause I knew that's the only place I could get the link. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had to go from the computer. If I didn't, if I didn't have the notification in my recent notifications that I could get to the event page from the notification, I wouldn't be able to find the link until yeah. I went to my phone. So that's another thing. And then followed hashtags. I think there's a lot of opportunity for followed hashtags. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, because yeah, it's just like, this is where the action is, right? Like clicking into branding, there's 18 million followers in branding. Shoot. I better start sharing a branding thought a day. Like that it's, it's all in the strategies, right? Like you got 18 mil, you got some with five, you got some with a hundred K then you got some with a hundred. You got to spread your content across all, which is another reason why I think content, why I'm so like, I got to the, let's figure out how to like produce a lot of content, right? Like I'm at that now I'm at, how do I take this and turn it into 30 because the funny thing is, is I think I might be talking a lot, right? But like to my point just now, 18 million people are currently interested in branding. I don't care if the 5,000 people that are connected to me right now have no interest in branding whatsoever. If I'm a branding expert and I'm trying to get found as someone who specializes and has an expertise in branding, mm-hmm. I'm going to post branding content five times a day, if possible. Absolutely. Five times, again, three. Alexa, what's five times 365? Five times 365 is 1,825. So now imagine if you made 1,825 pieces of content in a year that only talked about branding. I think people would know who you are. Absolutely. But that, like, that's an extreme, very, very extreme case. But back to the hashtag point, it's like, I feel like hashtags are going to be super important and uh, more people should look at them. Startups, 21 million. 21 million people follow the hashtag startups. That's what people care about. Yeah. And then discover more. 
<laughs> Once again, broken links. That's why I told you. But don't it's in product. I don't understand. And this is like me just, again, just being a user. Like, how can you have a product? Like, this isn't in staging, right? Like, this is active live. Like, I'm clicking and getting broken links. Yeah, no, that's why I was like, I left like all my technical spec reviews. Um, oh, you left those out of this. Yeah. yeah, because I could really go on forever. There's a lot of things. This is, you know, maybe this time it really is just the link is broken, but there are, are actual whole paths like user, like user paths and user stories that are, are just don't make sense currently the way LinkedIn is rendered. So like, I'm that's for a- episode two then I guess maybe we'll do, like a, <laughs> maybe we'll do a LinkedIn series just to be like, Hey y'all, I, I, sorry, we cursed or I'll say, sorry, I cursed. We're all adults. Um, but also like, just take a listen. Like if anything, this would be fun to have a regular series where like either you talk with other product people about like LinkedIn or like Slack or Gmail and how Gmail integrates or like HubSpot and how HubSpot integrates, right? Like all of these softwares that I know a lot of people are using and I know Salesforce is a whole other world that I don't, I'm like, Oh my, there's like a whole other universe of Salesforce. Um, things but i definitely think this was i learned a lot like just thinking about you know from segmenting notifications to you know personalization to pinning comments to the consistency from web to mobile uh for users to finding contact information on mobile like already if any of these areas weren't top of mind for someone that works in product at LinkedIn, like at least maybe they will come back and resurface to then get talked about again. Or like this was just, you know, two friends talking about product <laughs> stuff, right? Like yeah. it, it, it's going to, you know, take a life of its own, but I definitely want to thank you Phyllis for hopping on with me today because, you know, spending time together is definitely super, uh, I'm grateful for it. Um, and I think it's super important as we all start to think about how we intentionally spend time with people in our lives. Like I don't think in the foreseeable future, if if a lot of things stay the same, people are going to have the opportunities to spend as much time as they wanted with others that they, you know, want to connect with. Right. And so we chose to spend an hour talking about something like this, that impacts us both because we use it every day. We're passionate about it. And, um, I just want to thank you again. So, um, I appreciate you and would love it for you to share with where people can connect with you and continue this conversation if they know how to pull up correctly. Yes. Well, obviously, thank you so much for even having me in the first place. I'm really glad that we talked about the platform that actually brought us together. Good old LinkedIn. You know, LinkedIn is amazing. They definitely have some improvements to make, but they they're doing a lot of great things for people in terms of connecting people within their community. But I really do hope that they take a keen eye 
to all the free information, the free user data that is being published on their very own platform <laughs> about how to improve because then you're not losing money, but you're also getting free information on how to make more money. And that just seems like such a great situation. I, I hope they don't pass up on that. But in terms of contact me, LinkedIn, baby, like that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at all the time. My friends make fun of me for being on there, but yeah, P-H-Y-L-L-I-S, first name. And then my last name is N-J-O-R-O-G-E. You can throw in Tufts or Flatiron if you want to get more specific in that search bar. But LinkedIn's my primary form of communication. I'm on there more than anything else. And I'm happy to respond to everyone, but you'll definitely do a lot better if you take some of the advice that we talked about today. Big facts, big facts. I'm excited. Um, thank you again. And until next time. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Addicted to Growth. If you learn something new, don't be shy. Let people know. The best way to learn a new skill is to practice day in and day out. Go execute something you just learned this week with your community. Until next time.